G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. You may begin to notice more and more stories appearing in the media of people who are going through the pain of what's called detransitioning from transgender back to their original biological sex. A major issue has emerged with the closure of the Tavistock Clinic in the UK. and As many as a thousand people are likely to participate in a class action. Wendy Francis is National Director of Politics at the Australian Christian Lobby and she agrees that the few cases that are now being reported may just be the tip of the iceberg for those who will go through a detransitioning. Wendy Francis, welcome back to 2020. Thanks so much for having me, Neil. Wendy, remind us some details here because there's a legal case. Uh, we're talking about it just being the tip of the iceberg, but a detransitioner mm. in New South Wales. Yes, so it's a Sydney woman, Jay Langadinos, and she, uh, when she was 19, she was confused about her gender. Um, by the time she was 22, She had her breast surgically removed and she also had her womb removed. And she is now, yes, taking uh, the medical practitioners who saw her at the time. Um, She's got a legal case against them uh, because she has detransitioned. She's come back to being, to identifying um, as a woman. Uh, But sadly, of course, her life is very different from now on, from this point on. And, you know, Jay's not the only one coming out. We also had a recent... Uh, case that we read about in the news um, from Ollie Davies and Ollie was 26 years old uh, when he came out as a trans woman and he had surgery as well and now again has detransitioned but is devastated because he finds himself infertile, um, unable to have children uh, and so you know we've, we've, these are not um, these are not people who have a lot of experience in life, these are young people and they are being affirmed in a gender dysphoria and not only just affirmed, but they're actually having these life-changing operations, having healthy body parts actually surgically removed and the devastation is is really immense. So uh, Jay Langadinos is the first case that I know of um, that I've heard of of, uh, the legal ramifications and taking the doctors uh, to uh, to task over it. But we are hearing that uh, overseas certainly there are, as you've mentioned, a thousand in the UK. But what we're seeing is more and more um, even lawyers saying that we can expect to see litigation in future years because of this gender affirming um, the hormones that are being given and also the surgeries. And so we're expecting that more and more litigation will come to light, um, not, not just in a few years, but from now on. 
Wendy, let's just pause for a moment because it seems to me that there'd be many who think that Christians have a certain attitude to detransitioning and to the whole transgender issue and uh, people will be thinking somehow or other Christians must be judgmental if they're talking about this sort of thing. Sometimes people will think, uh, well, if someone goes through a transition and try and change their appearance, somehow or other, if they decide to change their mind later, they get what they deserve. Give us some insight here, Wendy Francis. The reason why you might stand up for people who are going through this process is not judgmental, but actually wanting the best and protection for those before they go through such a a life-disrupted state. Absolutely. I think um, as a Christian, I'm certainly glad that God doesn't give me what I deserve. Um, and, it, and our Christian understanding of grace is that we don't get what we deserve because God actually provided Jesus as a sacrifice for everything that we've done wrong. And so I'm so grateful I don't get what I deserve. And for these young people, um, many of them, and what we're hearing, and certainly what Jay um, Lagodinos is saying and others are saying, is that there are significant reasons why these children and these young people are, are seeking um, seeking these life-changing um, hormones and also surgery. And what she's saying is that there are many of them who suffer anxiety and depression. They have um, impaired psychological functioning and there is a, a already uh, they are seeing medical treatment and um, they're, they're seeking help for, for other um, morbidities. So there's comorbidities that are happening. And so what we're seeing are children who are already suffering from uh, mental issues and they are being affirmed in a mental issue that actually takes them through hormone treatment and surgeries that will mean that their rest of their life is actually affected. And, you know, God God calls on us, his children, to care for the most vulnerable. And at the moment in Australia, some of the most vulnerable are the children who are confused about their gender. And unfortunately, through the media, through um, school curriculums, um, through so many of our medical clinics, they are not getting help, they're actually being affirmed in what is a devastating dysphoria that they are undergoing. They've been through the anguish of knowing that dysphoria in their younger years. They've been through all of the challenges that come along with that and now uh, we're actually saying uh, these are actually these ones speaking out are really quite brave because they're putting themselves in the firing line once again and becoming the meat in the sandwich for people arguing over them. Uh, there's a certain level of bravery for these young ones who are now speaking up. Incredibly brave. I, I just honestly, I feel so um, actually quite proud of them being brave enough to speak up but we are having more and more um, parents as well particularly mums coming out and talking about their children that have been swept up in, in what they're calling a trend and so we're, we're seeing more and more parents come out and talk of their kids who have had poor mental health or some of them have even been um, had diagnoses of, of bipolar and then all of a sudden they are swept up in this in what they're calling is a trend and they go to the clinics or to the hospital and they, within a very short space of time, they're affirmed in a transgender identity. Many times without even too many questions or 
sending for um, even second opinions. And so we're, we're seeing them uh, affirming as being transgender and that immediately puts them on a path of hormone uh, therapy and often into surgery. Wendy, the Christian position is very much uh, sympathetic and compassionate towards uh, these ones that we'd even say are victims. Uh, and we're not so compassionate to the activists who are trying to get that mandated affirmation therapy happening because there are uh, literally thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of lives that could be affected by this very bad direction. What are your thoughts about the activists? Well, we know that the number of children presenting at gender clinics is actually exploding. And so what I don't understand is, particularly when you look globally and what's happening and clinics being closed down and countries moving away from this affirmation um, model of therapy for kids who are confused, why are the activists, why are the medical people in Australia not wanting to take a step back and say, okay, hang on a minute, let's do a bit of watch and wait and let's look, why are the numbers on the rise? Why are all of a sudden the numbers exploding of children being confused? And, and take a step back and be prepared for a federal inquiry to actually happen, not, not coming from a, a, any biased position, so not, not coming from a position of this is wrong even, but let's have an independent inquiry that will truly look at, okay, what is happening and what are the results and how many lives are being affected and what is the best method of dealing with children who are confused in any way. Because what we're seeing is we, the start, I think, and I do believe what you've said is right, that this is the tip of the iceberg in legal actions and we will follow the UK in what, because children and young people are being harmed by this affirmative care. And it's all starting to come out and it's, a, it's devastating. So the closure of the Tavistock Clinic in the UK, a thousand families in the UK taking legal action against the Tavistock Clinic. This is something that the Australian Christian Lobby is trying to head off at the pass. We don't want to have to go through this down the track. That's exactly right, uh, because what happened in Tavistock Clinic is that the British, there's a British review and it was looking at it and it labelled the unquestioning affirmative approach that the Tavistock Clinic took and that we have followed here in Australia as completely lacking of evidence and it's actually um, talking in terms of the psychiatrists who have been wanting evidence-informed assessment have actually been completely ignored by the trans health doctors. And so that's what's happened in, in London, in the UK. And so what we want to do is, okay, let's not get to the stage where we've got a 1,000 families taking legal action. The legal action is starting to happen. Before we go any further in destroying young people's lives, let's take a step back, take a deep breath, wait, do a watch and wait program, as John Whitehall will say, Dr. John Whitehall. But while we're doing that, let's have an inquiry and just really try and get to the bottom of what is best practice for these children. A push for an inquiry. Is there any support that's coming from any side uh, in our parliament, uh, lower house or in the Senate? Uh, are there people who are representing us actually taking up this battle for you, Wendy? 
You know, there are, but at the moment they're not actually um, game to come out and really speak openly about it because as soon as they do, they're labelled with this, you know, transphobic sort of label. So we've got to actually continue to hear these stories that are coming out in the paper because this is really powerful. When you have people like Jay Langadinos and we have people like um, Ollie, you know, coming out, then this is really helpful. So we need to encourage people to, to come out and start talking about their stories because that will give, um, I guess it'll give a bit of backbone to the ones who are in Parliament who can actually make a difference on this. And I'll point listeners to the Australian Christian Lobby website, acl.org.au, and no doubt there'll be some articles and there'll be some information there that'll inform listeners about where things are going with this. But uh, it's acl. Dot org dot au. Wendy Francis is National Director of Politics at the Australian Christian Lobby. Uh, Wendy, thanks so much for the update today on 2020. Really appreciate it. I think it's just so important that we speak truth about this. So thank you, Neil, very much. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.